Hey guys, ladies, welcome to our, another episode of um, the Footy Fantasy Podcast. Uh, I have my co-host here again, Bucci. Hi guys, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Um, how's your birthday party? Was it good? It was good. It was quiet. That's quiet. Yeah, it was. You know, I'm mature now. So, yeah, I'm mature now. So I don't make too much noise, but you know, went out, uh, went out with someone special. Okay, that's good. It's always good to go out with someone special. It's always good to go out with someone special. Yeah, it was. Good. Yeah, yeah. I also went out the day. Uh, I went out on my birthday, and you know, it was fun. I went out the next day again. It was. It was a good weekend. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 Happy. Happy Thank belated you. birthday again. Thank you. Um, yeah, we talk about we're going to talk about the we were, we were going to discuss our classical, but like everybody knows, it was postponed due to the you know unrest in Barcelona. So Barcelona and Real Madrid was supposed to happen next week. The game has been postponed because both clubs agreed to not play both of the games in Madrid. So it has been postponed till December 18th or 19th, if I remember. So we're going to skip that and do the preview when it's more when it's closer. We'll talk about Valverde and Zidane. Who's going to get sacked? Or if any, if any of them will get sacked. Because it looks like from week to week, the status of their team and where they play changes. Then I'd like to talk, talk about an interesting topic about underperforming managers and players. Who gets more time? How do you determine who gets more time and why? So we'll start with um, Valverde and Zidane. Muchi. Do you think they're even getting they're even sacked? Because it looks like <laughs> last week we were saying, oh, it looks like Madrid have an upturn. This week, current, currently now, Barcelona are now on top of the league. That, the Barcelona that we thought, they are struggling. They're that, on that, top that, of the league that, now. That league, that league <laughs> and Madrid is, lost to Mallorca. That league is funny. <laughs> that league is funny because uh, a month ago, I think we were talking about it and we were saying this was Atletico's year. Correct. And now Atletico, basically, because they uh, not being clinical, Got too many draws. They even actually, even though they're only three points behind, but they're not behind the two teams that we say we're not playing very well. Correct. So <laughs> it's weird, but it's like uh, normal service has resumed. Yep. Um, but ignoring league form, ignoring league table, and looking at um, you know what's been what's been you know floating on the grapevine. Um, Real Madrid fans are not happy. Barcelona fans are not happy. I'm. I'm forced to ask why. Why would why are we discussing who's gonna get fired first? Because uh, these two guys, even though they're not exactly setting the world at a light, they're not doing badly. But it seems Barcelona fans and Real Madrid fans want, in Barcelona's case, a certain type of football. In Real Madrid's case, some certain level of victory or success. And correct. But you don't get levels of success. In October, there are no titles won in October. Correct. So I don't understand why um, their own fans. We outside, our job is to you know, pour fuel on fires. We want drama because we enjoy it, especially when it's not our, our own you know clubs involved. But I don't understand why Real Madrid fans are unhappy. Um, you know. Barcelona fans are even worse because I think Barcelona, even though they haven't played that well, haven't played badly. I just think they dislike the manager and they dislike his style of football. So it, it makes me ask one question, which is, is success not more important than style of football? Would you pre- would the Barcelona fans be happy if they were fifth and playing great football? 
or would they prefer to be playing pop football and be on top? So, so the, going back to the main question, will Valverde be sacked before Zidane? I don't think so. Valverde looks like he's going to win the league again and, <laughs> and secure his job. A, and the man is a cat with nine he's lives. A, he's a cat with nine lives. And to even make it worse is that Valverde looks like the owners are like him. So they're not firing him any soon if he's performing. Zidane is adored by fans and the board. So unless he performs badly, he's not getting fired. I don't think any of those two are getting fired. Okay. Okay. That's that's a good point. Uh, just like, like what you said, to buttress your point, it feels like majority of the fans of both clubs is like uh, they're in this Oliver Twist moment. It's like they always want more. They always want more. They Glut- want titles. Glutons. Like Barcelona have been winning the league. We managed to win champions. They made they tried to make their property up until last year. Go to three finals mm-hmm. and one or three in a row, unprecedented. Mm-hmm. In between, had one league title, mm-hmm. which is probably their, their highest amount of success they've had since I can remember modern day history in in a short period yeah. of time. And still, the fans are not happy. They they keep complaining. Oh, this year they won, they won the league this time. They've but it's not winning league too much. But it's not saying oh this time around we won the champions, champions league, league. Yeah. even though. In the past, what, 10 years, they have like maybe three, yeah. three titles already. Yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody has three yeah. in the past 10 years yeah. among Barcelona yeah. and, and Real Madrid. Uh, and Real Madrid yeah. So right. it's it, it's very interesting when you think about it, you know. It go, just reminds go. me, speaking as a Manchester United fan, I remember growing up, and it's now in hindsight, hindsight is 2020, right? Yeah. I remember like it got to a point I was in auto drive with our league titles, right? I never appreciated a lot of it fully because I never knew it would come to this time where we're talk, talking of like, man, Finishing top four will be a success. It, it never occurred to me. So I think it's a that's where Barcelona fans are like. They're Harry taking Madrid. success for granted. Correct. And as big as they ha- are, which just because the way Spain is set up, the way money and how ambitious they are about, what they forget is they might Messi would retire, right? They are fine, they wish we could good players, but they might get to a point where either they can't spend as much for a short while. And they have not as much success as they have now. And then they remember these times where they were praying for late tights, when they go on a drought. Like how Madrid went on a, on a drought. Yeah, yeah. Five yeah. drought. No winning the league yeah. and Champions League drought. Where they yeah. were, everything they were doing was, was geared towards yeah. La Decima. La yeah. Decima was like the world. Yeah. No matter what the manager does, they bought Mourinho at that time. Pick Mourinho. That was Pick yeah. Mourinho. Yeah. Where he was winning anything. He came, he stopped Pep, the only guy that could. But they fired him because he couldn't get La Decima. Everything was geared towards La Decima. That's they didn't right. care about style of football. They didn't care about anything. That's what I think, you know, personally. At some point, you know, it's just the law of, I think, imaginary returns. At some point, they have to get to that point where they will have those kind of those kind of seasons. So, yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think any of them will get fired when I look at them. Um, Zidane is a very pragmatic manager, contrary to what people think. Okay. You know, people always think, I think he was lucky enough to coach and all that attack inside then, yeah. Yes, but... and the world-class 11 team. A team where they had a world-class level, literally, yeah. in every position. Very few coaches have that kind of luxury. He had that luxury. I mean, he get, it takes some, um, obviously, he takes some um, credit does, for finding the right mix lot, of players of and motivating them yeah. to keep going and going to that highest level. Yeah, but I'm just saying, in regards to his pragmatism, people didn't notice how pragmatic he was. Correct. <coughs> He's a manager, excuse me, because, you know, that team was very expressive. Yeah. But if you go back and look at it, you find out that a lot of victories were counter-football. Yes, you know, 
Absolutely. basically soaking up a lot of pressure and, and hitting teams, teams on the break. And yeah. depending on the, Ronaldo, the brilliance yeah, Ronaldo, of Ronaldo, uh, Modric, the And then uh, what's his name on the right? Uh, Bale. Bale. That trip, that double threat was very, 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 very important. So yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to... Not that I'm getting fired, pragmatic manager. So I think that's pretty much how that's going to play out. Um, um, so we move on to the next one. On the performing manager or player, who deserves more time? Deserves mm. Tell us who deserves more time. Mm. In your opinion mm. and why. If you look at the power dynamics of the situation, who has more power? Who's in greater control? A manager dies by the actions of his players. The performance decides his future. He, you know, he lives and dies by their actions, just like a general on the field. But the, the thing, though, is that a player dies, like a play, like a you know soldier on the field. He dies. The general doesn't go out and die, because when you analyze this thing, you can find out that a, a manager's career lasts a player's career. You know, three times a player's career. Typically, that's true. Yeah. So. What I'm interested trying to say is that number one, power dynamics tells you that the manager controls more. A player that deserves to play 20 minutes a game might be only getting 10 minutes a game because the manager decides he wants to play him only 10 minutes. Okay. Until the manager is fired, he does what he wants. A player does what a manager wants, not what a player wants. So, in a way, using that. And then also realizing the length of the, adding the, considering the length of a manager's career, a player deserves more time. Okay. But the problem is how much time does a player have? How much time does a player need? Because his career is finite. Correct. So where do you find a balance? It's just, I'm just thinking out loud like that, trying to answer that question because it's a dicey one. The problem is that if you go back and analyze it any way you want, there's no good answer. Yeah. I don't think there's a good answer mm-hmm. because we've had players that started poorly, you know, had terrible um, debuts to their careers and ended up being world beaters. You know, they were very slow and they couldn't get anything done. The flip side as well is that we had managers that people wrote off but ended up becoming great. Because you know they had someone gave them a chance. Okay, but example problem, example would be Roy Hodgson. Roy okay. Hodgson wasn't given too much chance in England. He had to go outside, do a good job outside, and they still didn't give him props. Correct. They kept writing him off until he came out to England and won his place. But he basically, you know, walked up. If you look at it, you see how hard it is to find an example because in the managerial field as well, the problem is that the world beaters, the stars actually identified early. They start early. They start showing signs. Even if they're not doing well, they show signs of what they can do. Correct. And I think a player has to rescue his own career. I think a player has to make his own choices for his own career. He has to save it. He has to do what he feels is right. But... A manager is in so much more control of the football club, the playing, you know, who plays the sport, the way they play the tactics. The manager is in so much more control that if a manager is underperforming, he has less of an excuse than the players do. A player that is underperforming can be pulled out by a manager. Correct. You know, a player that is underperforming on the pitch 
in a way, is a reflection on the manager because the manager leaves him there. Correct. So I think a player deserves more time, a manager not as much. I agree. And to buttress your point, um, I feel like that goes back to like recruiting, right? If you have recruited a player, you should be recruiting a player. I think modern day football, most people recruit a player to a plan. If you're recruiting a player to a plan and you get that player for that particular plan of or style, how you want to play, if the player is underperforming based on the plan and you are looking at, is it just this player underperforming? If a multitude of players are underperforming, then you have to go back and check the plan. If it's, to, if it's just the player that is underperforming, then you have to, that's when you now start looking at, okay, does it, is it taking, taking him time to adjust to this league? Maybe him performing in a different league, in a different system, in a different culture, and even the pace of the league. Is it going to take time to adjust this league? Those are things you have to consider. If he's giving time over a long stretch of time and he's consistently underperforming, regardless season in, season out, every other person is really doing fine, then you can, that's when you can now start judging that, okay, maybe you could tell this player based on the purple patch. And, you know, the real colors are coming up. Correct. But the other side of it, though, is, you know, just using what you just said. Uh, and I agree that player deserves more time. That's yeah. my point. The point I'm trying yeah. to make, they deserve yeah, more time. I, I agree with your point, but there's something you made. There was a hidden point in there that I picked on, which is, is it one player that's underperforming or a group of players? The problem, when we talk of player underperforming, there are usually two things that are happening. In one instance, it's a player that you spend a lot of money on. A lot of transfer fee was spent on a player. So people are expecting a lot of results. For example, Pepe in Arsenal. Yeah. And so people are expecting, dude, where's the end product? Yeah. Right. Immediate results. That might be a case of patience. Let's be patient with this player. Let's give him time. He hasn't adjusted to his surroundings. But the other case where people start talking about players underperforming is usually in a system case where the, the manager is underperforming. And what I'm talking about the manager underperforming is this, usually when oh, a team is not doing well and they start going, oh, it's the players that are not doing well or maybe it's the manager. That argument starts coming because when a system is doing well, when a team is doing well, unless a player is new and comes in on a high transfer fee, people don't notice it's not doing well. You know, there are some players in Liverpool that are not in form right now, but nobody's talking about them. Like, we're saying Van Dijk. Van Dijk's not really in great form right now. Yeah. I wouldn't say um, that this season Henderson has been in good form either. Yeah. You know, Salah has been off and on. But, you know, the system is doing well. If Liverpool were 10th, people would be talking about, is Salah doing very well? Yeah. Has Van Dijk dropped? Has Sockers gotten to their head? You know, Correct. that kind of thing. So, Sometimes when the system, which I want to me, when a system is not doing well, it's the manager. Correct. So it might be that the manager is underperforming and he's putting a bad spotlight on his players. Correct. Because a system hides players. That's what I think. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you 120%. And we've seen it time and time again mm-hmm. like with managers, you know, trying to do that, you know, trying to put hits down the performance on players. The manager leaves, you see the players pick up, same mm-hmm. players. You know, and they, and they start performing. So I agree. I agree and if a, if a manager says, oh, I underperform because of players and another manager comes and the players underperform, doesn't actually mean the managers are right. It just means the managers are not setting up the system because the manager set up a system. Correct. If, if I come in here, I, I, I coach a team and there are guys that think they play very well, but they will never play for me. 
they will they will never start. They will come off the bench. I'm not trying to say they're not good players, but the way they think, the way they play, I don't like it. You know, it's just not going to fit into my style. So, in a way, they're being frustrated out of the team. Is either they change or they leave. So, with the same thing with professional football, if there are players there that are not fitting to your system, you kick them out. You get a new set of players. You mold your team to your style, not vice versa. You know, you don't mold yourself to um, your players. You mold your players to your style. Some managers are very adaptable in the sense that they will, usually they can mold themselves to players, but they usually have good players and a more complete team. So that's just what I think. Managers I, said they are the you. Case in point, when you see some managers can't do, but they you have very good players mm-hmm. and a complete team. That's case in point is Pep. Yes. You know, and I also agree that there are some managers that have to have certain players for them to yeah. work. And that was Jeff definitely peak Mourinho. That's yeah. the kind of manager yeah. he was. Yeah. Even uh, Ranieri at his tinker, like Ranieri is a tinker man who will work with any system. Like when I mean he work with a lot of players, he create a system with the players he has available. But he has to have a very good core of players. Like in Leicester City, he had a very good core of players. People didn't know how good those players are. But today we realize that those players were really, really something else. Until they, until they won the league. You know, until they won the that league. And they, no, that, even oh, when wow. they won the league, people thought it was a purple patch. Correct. But their form now, has followed the three, four, five everywhere. years yeah. later, it's followed Vardy, them. Vardy, Vardy, still Tante, Tante, Mares, Mares, yeah. Mar- you know, like all those guys are showing you how. And it, it's the same thing with, you know, it, what's his name? The Napoli guy. Ancelotti, Madrid, Chelsea, Milan. He he didn't have he didn't have choice. He didn't have too much choice. You know, he didn't have his choice at the players he could get. But he had good players. He had a good core. So he's able to you know mold. It's not the same thing going to manage. Let's say going to manage a sports without the players you need. So you mold the team to yourself. If managers are not doing well and they keep telling you it's the players fault they're just making excuses a manager buys his own time you in the beginning yeah of course within a few months you don't fire a manager but if a manager has been there for a few months set up you know bought some players you buy your own time you, yeah you know I, you, you, they fire you those players or the players move to another club and continue but you have to buy your own time that's true you have to. yes you have to find mm-hmm. maximum you have to find maximum solutions we have to find optimal solutions. Optimal. You have with to, the resources yeah. you have. That's like, that's the most important um, job. So we end uh, with a quick preview, Champions League preview. Um, it kicks back. I think week three of the Champions League resumes this week, Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, looking at the, the fixtures, I like week three and week four fixtures because typically those are the fixtures. That's when this. Week three, week four, picture typically decides the group faces. That's right. At that point, so it gets really heated because this is where they play home and away within a week or two. I think that's right. They play and each other. They play each other back to back. Back to back. So that's why I like. I pay attention to this. For me, um, my standout fixture. I see two of them, but I'll mention one. The standout fixture for me, I think, is Inter Milan Dortmund. I think that game is going to be war. War in the sense that it's going to be con- two contrasting style of play in a way, but. The weird thing about both systems, both teams, both managers is they can also adapt to the other style of play in the sense that Inter is a patient, pragmatic side. They hit you on the break. They are good to set pieces and crosses, but they can also be a team that can patiently move the ball around. They have some technical 
good players like Loturo Martinez, um, Barella. I don't know if he's injured or not, but that kid is really good. Uh, Barella, Sensi. I spell that Sensi. Sensi yeah, is the good, Sensi yeah. is a really good player. Where they mold, they, they can easily keep the ball and try to break you down, pick you off, even though they can also play on the break. Same thing with Dortmund. They're quick, 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 high-pressing, um, fast transition team with um, the way they play with um, Sancho. Um, what's this guy's name? With Weigel, Z- Sancho. What's this attacker's name? Paco Akasa. They are, they are a really, really good side who I think they have three points so far or four points. I can't remember where, where who, they are in who, who? Dortmund. Dortmund has four points. Four points, yeah. okay. Inter have only one point because they yeah, lost their last the, game. The, the, the two games can swing it in any other Correct. Other, so that yeah. game, those two, that both legs will be a do or die. Oh, yeah. So that's, personally, that's my own um, standout fixture. Do you have a standout fixture? I'm looking at three games. Okay. Uh, my standout fixture is Ajax, uh, Chelsea. Um, Ajax will be hosting Chelsea this time and the following, the subsequent fixture Chelsea will host. Ajax has six points. They're the only ones that have been able to win all their games in the group. But um, Chelsea, like I said, have looked good. So this might be the test. If Ajax beats Chelsea over the two legs, of course, Ajax qualified. But I, I, I think Chelsea wins one of those games. I'm also looking at um, Napoli versus Salzburg because they both have four and three points. Liverpool will be playing Genk. So you get a uh, opportunity. Liverpool might win those two games against Genk and qualify, get the 10 points. That's true. So Salzburg and Napoli, which are very good teams, these two games against each other will determine a lot because, you know, Napoli has one funny thing about them. I noticed that last year when Napoli went the same group with PSG, Liverpool, they played very well against PSG and Liverpool and did badly against um, the other team. The other I can't team. Yeah. They, they lost one and drew one. They drew one. Yeah. The games that they, they should have won and qualified. So I'm looking at them as if they beat Salzburg twice, okay. keeping up to par with Liverpool, they will go into the game with Liverpool believing that they can beat Liverpool to qualify. Okay. But at the same time, they're the kind of team that could get beaten or draw those two games, going into the game against Liverpool, hoping Liverpool have not dropped points against Salzburg, where, you know, Salzburg are going to be beating gangs to qualify kind of situation. So what I'm trying to say is that that's why those, the games are very, you know, interesting to me. I want to see how Napoli does, because I think that's a banana skin for Napoli. That's true. And also a very good opportunity for Salzburg to qualify. They both... And then there's this other game. Um, uh, there was a game, and I was thinking about it, and it just went out of my head. It was in my head, and it just left. I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Atletico is playing um, Locomotive Moscow. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is also important. It's not as important as those two, but Atletico, too, are in a funny situation. They they did well against Juventus. They got that draw. They yeah. won the, the other game, but... They're not in great form. And, you know, that's a game they could lose too or they could draw. So they also don't want to be in a position where they're going in against um, Juventus needing to beat Juventus. Correct. Because, so, but I I, th- I think um, Atletico will win. The other two games, I can't predict them. I can't predict what Napoli is going to do against, which Napoli will appear against Salzburg. Yeah. And I can't predict what will happen between Ajax and Chelsea. But those are the games I'm looking forward to this week. I agree, I agree. Yeah, and that one 
I'm looking at you know, the side eyes, Madrid. <laughs> they are they're that spot where they have to, they have just one point. That's right. They that's have right. to beat Galatasaray. Oh, man. Anyway. They probably can beat Galatasaray at uh, Benabar. But everybody knows when you go to Turkey to play in Galatasaray, they, they, then they call it Welcome to Hell. Yeah, I think right. they, ha- they have that yeah, beginning of the right. Welcome right. to Hell. That that's place right. can be very intimidating. So if Madrid right. are not on their A game, these guys can turn them over. <laughs> Especially wow. this time, have an experienced side. You know, they have Falcao, they have all these guys that are there. Mm-hmm. If, they, if Madrid don't bring their A game, they can get turned over in this game. So oh, wow. I'll be looking at that with, some, with, this, with side of my eye. I'll you keep know, paying attention to you're it. You're looking at the fact that <laughs> if they don't win that game, if they don't win that game, they're in trouble. If they don't win that game, my opinion, they're coming to... You know, with that game, if they come out of that tie without six points, or at the very least four points, those two games, very least that they can come out of that, those is four. If they don't come out with four from those two games, there's a very strong possibility they're going to drop. Yeah. They're going to drop to Europe. Yeah, trouble. yeah I'm in big trouble. I'm going to meet. Because I cannot tell you that I'm sure that for all the noise about Galatasaray, I'll tell this about Galatasaray, they're really, really inconsistent. Yeah. That's true. Club Bruges can beat Galatasaray. That's away. true. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can beat that, them that, that, That's why he was working in yeah. Madrid's favor. That's, yeah. that's very true. Yeah. I was just hoping for Madrid to fall to Europa so we can get <laughs> we can take our revenge on them. Uh, <laughs> for the last time they, beat, they knocked us out. Oh, God, <laughs> in, in 2003. Dude, dude, I'm hoping we get knocked out of Europa so we can focus on the league. <laughs> that's the truth. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I want to get... Nah, that's... But it's just good for the kids. Unless, they, unless I'm sure they're going to play kids from now to the end of the I don't, I just yeah. That was just a joke. Well, yeah. um, some of this content, when it comes out... Um, I believe. Yeah, the, the Champions League will probably be done. But we'll probably might put up back-to-back podcasts because we'll not be recording one next week. We'll take a break next week. You know, we'll be at the Fan Fest where we'll try to record the vlog for that. So um, come to the end, Pucci. Well, thanks for... Coming on, as always. Thank you. My pleasure. I have to say a special shout out to producer Bolu for being here. Yeah. Back to back. Being the back to back podcast and doing this thing. Um, if you like our content, like, follow, share, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Airspace. Send, <laughs> send us questions. I questions, like questions comments. I want, I want Something challenging, you know. Yeah, right? send us something. something. We'll start like a question session, Q&A, mailbag, whatever you want to call it. Send us questions so that we can start addressing questions now on the podcast. Thanks. <laughs>